hello everyone. Uh, welcome to another edition of the King's Kickabout. Uh, the managerial merry-go-round has been in full swing, among yeah. other things. So let's crack on. Where do you want to begin, Alf? Um, well, I think most of the action, uh, like last week, has um, has happened in League One uh, over the course uh, of both the midweek and the weekend. Um, not even just League One football in action, but also two Pizza Cup finals uh, to look at, which is fun. But um, uh, most importantly of all, um, two absolutely massive managerial appointments, one already confirmed and one, I mean, it's going to be confirmed in the next few hours, I'm pretty sure, as we're recording this pod. Um, and that being Nigel Atkins uh, to Charlton after Lee Bowyer uh, stepped down as manager on uh, Monday to join uh, his old club, Birmingham City, the only club he won a trophy with. And also um, Danny Cowley uh, becoming Pointsmouth, uh, Pointsmouth, bloody hell, Portsmouth uh, manager um, just in time uh, for their game uh, tomorrow at Ipswich against his uh, good friend Paul Cook. So, uh, yeah, lots to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, starting with Nigel Atkins. So, he's been appointed. He's, he's, he's done media and whatnot. He's said all the right things, I think. Uh, yeah. you know, he's given a good impression of himself. And I think it's defensible choice of all choices. Uh, he could have hired someone foreign and obscure. Of course, I don't know what Sangard shortlist was like, but I think he's made the rational, the, the most rational choice of all of them. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And um, I, I, to be honest, it's it depends on where you sit, Aki. Right? Because if you're looking at it, if there's if if Sangard still believes there's a chance of playoffs this season then Nigel Atkins is the right choice. Um, as I, I mean, you know, I've been talking to Louis about behind the scenes, you know, if one accepts that playoffs have gone now, maybe it would make sense to get a, long, a more long-term option in now, um, to, you know, use the final 12, 13 games of the seasons left to, you know, embed his philosophy and then really kick on next season. But, you know, in terms of a short-term impact, right, um, Nigel Atkins, with the, with the experience he has and um, the record in League, in League One that he has, um, that Sheffield United's in, in the 15-16 season aside, um, it's a, it's one of the best appointments you can get, really. Uh, yeah, and also you look at his language in terms of his interviews. Uh, he said, we've got to focus on the games we have. We can't mm. get bogged down by the fact that teams around us have games in hand. And he seems pretty intent. You know, there's no reservation. He's talked about the long term too, but he, he's not. He doesn't sound like he's giving up on this season. Yeah, and we'll see if this carries through. Of course, speaking of momentum, um, Charlton sorry, carry on. Carry yeah, on. yeah. Just, a, just a, uh, another point on Atkins. Um, you know, it's it's a good fit for a blue collar cup, right? Um, because, um, I mean, maybe the most famous piece of evidence for it is that man in the glass. Uh, post-match interview that he made, which um, I mean, I really like, but he's he's clearly a man of deep integrity. I um, mean, he showed that at Hull as well, with all the you know the ridiculous board ongoings behind the scenes that he had to deal with when he was watching. Well, the whole 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 fans loved him, and uh, you know, he's a good character in a game where there often aren't that many, and he carries himself and presents himself well. Yeah, and I think we you know we know his genuine appearance is genuine because we've seen it, and I think. He's the, the honest man with whom the players can have a good relationship. I mean, a quick word on Boyer, of course. While the relationship be between the players and Boyer was stale, I don't think the players disrespected Boyer as such. And it's same with Atkins. I don't think anyone will not take him seriously. You know? And I, I think under him, well, there'll be a largely a content dressing room. I, I came across an interesting theory 
on Twitter, maybe a sort of half-baked theory, right? Um, but, you know, perhaps, you know, counterintuitively, um, this is the season where Bowie should have kicked on the most and hasn't, right? In fact, the opposite is, you know, unquestionably been Bowie's poorest period as Charlton manager. Which brings the question, is Bowie best suited to managing in choppy waters and not calm ones? So, you know, in choppy waters, you know, what? Either uh, well, relegation yeah, battle or uh, owners ownership off the scene. He, 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 he was in choppy waters last season. Yeah. He didn't say Charlton at the end of the Charlton relegation. But he did an incredible um, job last season. Yeah, in, in, he did. He did okay at the end. But again, they were relegated. And also, even the League One season where he was successful, you look at that team: Lyle Taylor, Joe Rebo, uh, Carlin Grant. That was a good team, no matter how shitty Rollins' ownership was. You know. Yeah, it, it was, but you know, you've still got, you still need the manager there to, you know, manifest the players that are in the squad. And I know, but you know, his his best season was with the best team that he had. Mm. No, if yeah. you get what I mean, I don't, I don't think that was achieved in that much adversity as such. Mm. If you get what I mean. No, yeah, and I, I can understand see where you're coming from, and um, I, I mean, maybe that's a good sign for Birmingham City, right? I mean, we've discussed, you know, if you look on paper despite some, you know, extremely questionable signings that Birmingham have made in recent years. I mean, Alan Helenovic is, is the tip of the iceberg, really, for that one. Um, but, you know, individuals in that Birmingham squad, they're not relegation championship-level players, right? Christian Pedersen, I mean, I should arguably be starting for Denmark as their left-back, right? Harley Dean and um, Roberts, you know, really solid uh, defensive axis. You know, Maxim Collan as well, when he was at Brentford, probably the best right-back in the league. Um, and it's just, you know, the kind of general malaise that has, you know, festered through the club over the last few years. It's just, you know, totally demoralised the players. Um, but, I mean, you know, judging by their absolutely outstanding performance against Reading um, in midweek, you know, Boyer will manage to, you know, squeeze as much juice out of that squad as possible in the long term. But uh, Did you seriously think that they were outstanding, Alf? I do, yeah, uh, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, th I thought Reading were quite fortunate to go into uh, half-time level, um, to be honest. Um, let's remember dominating possession does not mean dominating the game. Um, France-Croatia World Cup final, best example of that, um, you know. Um, a team could control possession and never really look like they're in the game, if that makes sense. And I thought it was pretty yeah. the case. I feared that we'd um, we'd seen the last of um, a thumping Jukovic's header from the back post for Birmingham, uh, but um, uh, I'm sure that will become a, a, a common uh, tenet of their play on the league. Well, yeah, I think a lot of intent showing. I think he really mm. did get into them in terms of getting their passion for the game back up. Mm. Um, but... Back to Charlton, um, uh, a very impressive uh, win in midweek for them, to be honest. You know, I mean, any game where you're two goals down and you come back deserves credit. Uh, well, I think also Connor Washington, of course, it's been the Stockley and Shinny and yeah. EK show. But for him to be stepping up, it, it's good to see. And we saw an energy from Charlton, I think, in the second half, the, and the clinicalness that we didn't see under Bowyer, you know. Like, conceding two, OK, that's pretty normal. But I think to bounce back the way they did, we haven't seen that, as I said privately. No, no, we we haven't really. Um, it's it, it's always just been incredibly frustrating. Frustrating, excuse me, there um, attempted comebacks, uh, especially games at the Valley on the Bowyer over the last few months. I mean, the Rochdale game really sticks out. Um, as does the Shrewsbury game. Um, in this one game in charge. Um, and you know, hopefully, you know, Atkins can you know bottle that up. 
um, and really produce a good mentality in the squad because, you know, yes, Charlton aren't in the playoffs on PPG, right? They are at the moment on points issue, but PPG they're not. But there's still 10 games of the season left. You know, the, the, the dynamics of all the EFL divisions are changing every two weeks is, you know, what the scene will look like. Um, so, I, you know, two weeks ago we said playoffs are probably dead for Charlton. Now, you know, they probably look back on again, right? Um, so we've just got to see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, it's difficult for Charlton because uh, it, it's the teams around them. Yeah. And the teams around them uh, are showing, uh, you know, are, are faltering at times. Like we've said before, there's a distinct lack of consistency in this league. I mean, uh, Doncaster and Ipswich, you know, they're not setting the world right. In fact, Charlton have been the most consistent team in, in if you look at teams down from uh, fourth to uh, ninth. Charlton are actually unbeaten in their last five. So, again, there's every chance of them achieving something. And I think Doncaster, I think they have fifth. I think they should have fifth tied up with their games in hand. But uh, Charlton really. Uh, Looking back at Oxford and Ipswich, they can potentially really yeah. press on. Another, um, another, maybe one of the biggest um, aspects of hope for Charlton is that Adkins teams, when they're in a promotion race, are notoriously good at the running, that April to May running, right? Southampton in, I'm going to say 2013 when they got promoted, it might have been 2012. No, no, they got promoted in uh, 2012. 2012, yeah. So 2012, they got promoted. That was a brilliant end to the season for Southampton men. Re- you know, they managed to hold on to that second place behind Reading. Well, it's interesting you said that because uh, Adkins was quite upbeat when he talked about the last 10 games of this season when looking at the teams and uh, the games in hand situation mm. because he said anything can happen in the last 10 games and we're going to play like that. Like He's absolutely you know, right, yeah. So, Yeah, but uh, yeah... And hopefully Charlton can have a good run and we'll see what happens. So staying in League One, uh, we should we should probably discuss uh, Pompey and Peterborough, uh, well, Pompey continuing to be uh, poor. And uh, Danny Cowley will have his uh, hands full when he walks in there. Uh, he definitely will. And, um, you know, arguably, um, <laughs> I guess a fairly similar situation as Nigel Adkins, um, if you look at the PPG, right? Um, the situation there um, it might come just a bit too late for Portsmouth to be honest because... but the thing about they're only three they've got two games in hand on Charlton and they're only three points behind yeah. so no 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 they, they, even though... they can absolutely make up the gap and um, you know with the quality in that squad you know I'd, I'd, I'd be if Portsmouth are still in League One next season I mean I think you know uh, they're going to be in everyone's top two uh, you know, for their uh, 1-24s at the start of the season. Um, but re- regarding the here and now, um, it's not been confirmed yet whether Cowley will take charge of the game against uh, Ipswich tomorrow. I mean, he's taken training today um, and the Twitter haven't announced his uh, appointment yet, him and Nicky's appointment yet. You know, we've got to wait for that. Um, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But, you know, regarding their current state, uh, they were pitiful. Um, against Pitt, Peterborough in midweek. I mean, Pompey, you know, if, if um, Pompey fans are under no illusions, right, you know, people, some people have said um, 
that, you know, oh, it would have been nil-nil if it wasn't for a fleet fluke uh, corner goal, which Peterborough scored. Well, yes, but, you know, Peterborough missed about four or five golden chances themselves um, and, you know, should have uh, put the game to bed. Um, a very peculiar decision to play a fight with back with Pompey. I mean, yes, 4-4-2 got inarguably stale um, toward the end of Jacket's tenure. Um, but, you know, I, I really don't think five of the back is the way to go with, you know, the fairly defensive fullbacks that they have, especially in uh, Brown on the left-hand side. Um, and, I mean, uh, Charlie Daniels as well, um, from his Bournemouth days, we know he's, you know, slightly better at the defensive work, you know, apart from that Man City won the goal uh, side. Um, but, you know, we, we've discussed the individual quality in this world before, Ronan Curtis, you know, maybe the clearest of that, you know, the warm-up and ragged axis in defence, which I'm sure Cowley will really exercise the most out of with set-piece plays. Um, and, I mean, Johnny Hula as well is a player who Pompey fans have been crying out to see more of this season. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a profile of striker that, you know, will probably thrive under a Cowley team who can, you know, he's, he's comfortable with both his back to goal and his, you know, front to goal as well. Um, both with, you know, um, knocking balls into the channels to play, you know, long, long one-twos um, with wingers, but also um, decent hold-up play as well. Yeah, so, but on that, what kind of play can we expect, a style of play can we expect from a Cowley team? Well, it's, never, it's always counter-attacking play um, under a Cowley team. I mean, even, so, even the Lincoln side that won the National League and, I mean, the Lincoln side who won League Two. Um, you know, and, and that, you know, Lincoln side who won the National League, you know, an outstanding squad for that level, you know, Matt Reed, Nathan Arnold, Alex Woodyard, um, Sean Raggett. Uh, I, I didn't even realise Raggett will be uh, reunited <laughs> with his former manager, which is called Paul Farman in goal um, as well. Um, but yeah, as I say, yeah, going to be a very counter-attacking focus. Um, I mean, we saw at Huddersfield last season, I really, like, post-lockdown, um, when, you know, the, re the relegation race really hotted up when Barnsley and Luton's form took off. Cowley was very sensible, very calm, and just said, if we keep clean sheets, we'll stay up. You know, if we're just solid, we'll stay up. And I mean, that's going to be the foundation for this Pompey side, I'm sure. And I'm sure the clean sheets are going to start rolling again over the next um, 12, 13 games that we have left of the season. It's just whether they can, you know, create um, going forward to be able to, you know, um, win marginal games that are, are going to become very common uh, for Pompey in the near future. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, what a game. I mean, uh, we, we will wait to do a proper preview at the end like we normally do, but I mean, I, I can't wait for Portsmouth Ipswich tomorrow. Uh, you know, Paul Cook versus Stanley Cowley is just going to be, and two, you know, massive clubs in League One. I, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of other games on uh, Tuesday, uh, Oxford United, of course, setting the world on fire. Yeah, um, I mean, if I don't say so myself, probably team of the EFL midweek. Um, well, yeah, you saw the EFL team of the week. It's pretty much <laughs> yeah, yeah, game, which so is pretty <laughs> match week. Um, I, I, I was so pleased uh, with this performance in midweek. It was absolutely brilliant, and um, you know, KR before the game said, you know. We've been frustrated with our poor scoring record in recent games. You know, only three goals in the last eight games going into the game is, you know, really poor for a side who's, I mean, our aims to finish in the playoffs. And said to them, you know, take the shackles off today, go at it. Um, and, I mean, boy, did we. Um, Matty Taylor, you know, needed, you know, to get back on the score sheet for us and, uh, you know, a very 
well-taken brace for him, although, you know, fortuitous nature for the second goal. Um, Mide Shadipo was, you know, outstanding on the right. Um, really satisfying if you watch the um, behind-the-scenes footage of the goal camp uh, just before Shadipo drills it into the bottom corner. You hear um, Brandon Barker go, bang it! Um, which is uh, really pleasing to hear. That's still part of football's rhetoric uh, on the pitch. Um, I thought, you know, Jamie Hansen, you know, who was a cast-off for us at the start of the season, is, you know, is starting to play really well at right-back uh, for us, providing width. Um, you know, it's kind of an unusual profile for um, a right-back who, you know, stays so wide and, you know, you know, doesn't focus on deep crosses too much and much more on link-up play. He's very gangly. Um, and, you know, that's why he's been deployed in uh, defensive midfield in the past, but he's been playing very well recently. Um, it's another clean sheet for Jack Stevens, Van Arama, Van Dijk and Elliot Moore. Um, you know, that's an extremely young um, spine uh, there. But, I mean, <laughs> logically, they're just going to grow and grow and grow. And, um, you know, just having Alex Green back. Um, I mean, every player put out a 10 out of 10 in midweek, but Alex Green stood out, especially, what you know, Absolutely, he's a crucial presence for us. Arguably, one of the most crucial for any teams and any any team in the league. Um, and just yeah, I mean, I really hope we keep that in, toward the end of the season. You know, letting teams fear us and not the not, not the other way around. Yeah. So uh, so you went out Doncaster, didn't you? Like you you, you didn't hold. Like, Let's first you off. And um, it's it's it, it it seems to be the type of team that we. Uh, thrive against this season, um, you know. MK Dons have, you know, uh, you know, they're starting to see the fruits of, you know, the long-term aspirations of Russell Martin there. But when they came to uh, Grenoble Road in October, I believe, um, for a midweeker when we'd only won one game all season at home to uh, away Aki Stanley, excuse me, and we were in really, really uh, dire straits. Um, you know, sides that you know like to move the ball through the uh, through the thirds, um, we can just you know pick off. Uh, really, and turn it, turn it, turn that play on them, uh, which is what Doncaster tried to do in midweek. And you know, we you know we were nipping, we were intercepting so many balls between the defensive and midfield third, um, which is you know exactly how uh, KR wants its sides to play. Um, but well, this is fantastic because there were t- both teams had twenty plus shots each. Yeah. So what, what... I would I would caveat that with um, you know us naturally sitting deeper in the second half um, after. Um, we developed our three-goal lead, um, which, you know, I'm always uncomfortable with because it's exactly what we're not good at. Um, but, you know, as I say, more on that co, uh, held very fun. Um, and, you know, contrast that, you know, we were unlucky to not pick up a point um, at the Keepmo in January um, when it looked like Doncaster were probably the best side in the league, to be honest. Um, and, I mean, the tables have definitely turned since and... Um, you know, we our uh, our words on Doncaster a few weeks ago are starting to look uh, slightly misjudged, uh, I must say. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, as I say, only only time will tell how that goes. Yeah, but nevertheless, a good result for Oxford, and they press on, and they'll be motivated by that. Uh, of course, looking at the other games on a uh, uh, big game. Oh. Gillingham's 3-0 win at Lincoln Alf was uh, an obelisk, to say the least. Yeah, no, it was um, it was very impressive from Gillingham, I must say. Um, for all my scepticism over them this season, they have put together a really impressive run uh, recently. Um, I, I don't want to focus too much on their Oxford boy, Robbie Cundy, uh, centre-half, who's, who's obviously been you know a core part of that brilliant run. Um, but particularly impressive has been they've done this with, with the absence of Callum Slattery. 
um, you know, their big name addition, who's, you know, hotly rated in Southampton's Academy, which they brought in in January. Um, you know, he's been needed recently, but um, uh, Dempsey and O'Keefe have stepped up for the mark really well. And Jordan Graham's, you know, back in his best form, which, you know, I mean, we saw at Oxford in the 15-16 season uh, before he went back to Wolves. Um, and, um, you know, Dane Oliver and John Akinde, you know, that typical um, big and little and strike partnership, which, you know, if, if you strike the balance right and get them the right service, they're going to be effective at this level. Um, so as much as I hate Steve Evans, um, uh, you do have to give him uh, some credit. And I mean, you know, you know, mid-table, anything above mid-table would have been an immense achievement for Ginning in the season. Um, I still think they'll finish in the bottom half at least, um, to be honest, not because of a necessarily huge them, but the upturn in form for others. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it does raise a few questions over Lincoln. Um, the gas may be, you know, going from them a little bit. Um, although they're still, look, 11 games left for them, I believe. I think they're on 35, it may be on 34. Um, but they're plus 60 points, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, you know, if, if you do the average maths, you know, they only went, need to win about six or seven of their remaining games to probably lock up a playoff spot. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that's a point of solace uh, for them. And I mean, that would be, you know, still a magnificent achievement for them. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the fact that they were winning League One was a huge... And uh, quickly on uh, uh, Lincoln, um, Brennan Johnson uh, getting his uh, first call-up, uh, well, his second call-up, excuse me, his first call-up for um, competitive Wales games. Uh, he played... Oh, wow. So a League One player, well, of course, there have been League One players on international duty before, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke, Luke Jeffcoat of Plymouth was uh, left out of the Wales squad, which is slightly unfortunate. But, I mean, Wales, in fairness, they, they apart from the Mexico-friendly... Uh, which is in between their Belgium and Czech Republic qualifiers, and they don't really have, you know, games where they'll be dominant necessarily, and or games where anyway they can try things out. You know, it's a massive start for them, as we'll talk about. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's always nice to see um, uh, uh, players get international call-ups in League One. Dion Charles as well getting into the Northern Ireland squad for the first time, uh, which you know. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of League Ones are well represented in the home nations. It seems well in certain home nations. But uh, I think that's the midweek fixtures wrapped up. Hmm. Uh, do you want to look at the weekend League One fixtures? Yeah, no, no. Games? Just a quick uh, mention of um, uh, uh, the League One fixture. Well, one. Okay, first of all, how um, <laughs> I've, um, I may have to start accepting that Hull are quite good. Um, you know, Grant McCann did a very good job with Don Carson, as we forget, in the eighteen nineteen season. And, you know, a penalty shootout away from Wembley as well, as Lee won't like to remember. Um, but, you know, the axis of Kane, Lewis Potter, Malik Wilkes and George Honeyman and Gavin White is, that's just brilliant for League One. Uh, one can't deny it. And, you know, even when you've got a local lad in Keane Lewis Potter, it's just, you know, even better to see. Um, I mean, George Honeyman's probably been the player of the season in League One, you know, a player with so many battle scars on him, you know, uh, two relegations. Uh, one with Hull last season, one with Sunderland in 17-18, and then obviously, you know, that agonising miss uh, at promotion for Sunderland in 18-19. He's clearly, you know, uh, a player with a lot of character and with a really hardcore, um, and, you know, is, is, you know, providing the leadership for that pretty young side, it must be said, um, which, which is good to see. Um, yeah, and also the way they went down last year, Alf, uh they fell like a stone. Yeah. It was a very bad feeling around the club, but 
Grand McCann's uh, done really well to build a winning culture out. Yeah, he has. Um, I, I do remember that quote sticking out to me where he said, um, I'm from Sandy Row in Belfast, I don't hide, um, which may you know, reveal certain things about his political beliefs. Um, but uh, nonetheless, he's clearly, you know, a hard man, uh, if that makes sense. And, you know, he's, he's, he, he's done a very impressive job uh, this season. I mean, regardless of squad quality, you know, to be able to turn the mentality round that quickly um, is really quite remarkable. I mean, the same must be said for Norwich under Daniel Farker, really. I mean, my biggest worry with Norwich this season in the Championship, would they be able to, you know, turn around that mentality of, you know, losing every week? I mean, excuse me. But the thing is, Alf, at the end of the day, the talent was always there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just about... And the same with Hull. Yeah. Like, you could tell, despite losing uh, uh, Jared Bowen yeah. and Brzezicki... It's, it, okay, maybe we'll see how well they're the championship next season, but, uh, you know, it's still a pretty good team, as we've found out. Yeah, um, I, w- I would just hold off on it slightly, um, the, the the promotion parade. Um, I think, you know, I, pro- Hull probably will be in the top two come the end of the season now, but, you know, Peterborough are on their coattails and the way Sunderland are going, which is the final League One team I want to talk about. Um, I wouldn't rule out Peterborough and Sunderland being the top two. Um, and quickly on Sunderland, um, uh, it was pretty emotional um, hearing Jonathan Wilson um, uh, tear up on the latest Guardian Football Weekly discussing it. Um, Sunderland's first win at Wembley in nine attempts um, since their 1973 FA Cup final in the greatest day in their history, arguably. Um and uh, yeah, it's it's you know despite the irrelevance really of, of the Pizza Cup in itself, um, uh, undermined not least by us calling it the Pizza Cup. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's good to see them banish some demons, and you know, hopefully that'll serve them in good stead for the running, and you know, get rid of that you know you know dark mentality that is yeah festered there uh, over the last uh, well many years. Yeah, well, in some ways, you know, he, he's restored pride to a club who have lacked it for obvious reasons in the a few years. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's not the biggest trophy, but it, it's it's the right kind of positive kick a club needs to get, to, to move on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it'll have them feeling good. So that's League One. Uh, moving on to the Championship, Lee Boyer leaving uh, Charlton. Now let's talk about well, his impact at Birmingham. Uh, what, 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 what's that going to mean? Uh, do you think Birmingham was smart in appointing him? Um, Birmingham, they're, they're not smart in basically anything. I didn't know, actually, um, that if um, if fans were allowed into the stadium tomorrow, um, only two of their stands would be fit. Um, I think the... Uh, West Stand, yeah, it would be the West Stand where the camera is and where the dugouts are. Um, the you know, if if one has ever been to St Andrews, they'll know the really old school. It, it, I think it's, it's it's called the Main Stand that one. Yeah, 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 the Main Stand. No, you're right, Aki. Um, but it's being it's 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 like I think it's on the verge of collapse or like there's some like massive building issue with it or restoration issue that they need to solve, which is you know, uh, 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 some pretty uh, interesting symbolism uh, there for the club as a whole. Um, but it's it's a very interesting dynamic, right? Because 
Rotherham do have those four games in hand on them. But it, it, there's so... Because Rotherham, they're going to need to get back in the swing of being solid. And when you've got a game every two to three days, that's going to be very difficult for implement. And, you know, they, they don't have, you know... They don't have, you know, time to lose in, you know, picking up points now. Um, it has to happen now. And not only will that be a, solid, a point of solace for Birmingham, um, but, you know, with, with Bowyer's, you know, no, notoriety for creating a siege mentality in his squads, um, you know, they need nine games left for Birmingham, 12 points needed to stay up. Um, and, I mean, I definitely back Bowyer to do that because there is undoubted quality in that Birmingham side. It was on display. Uh, or midweek. Sorry, the connection went out, so carry on. Uh, yeah, shall I, shall I do the Birmingham thing again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't actually know um, that uh, the, the main stand, as uh, you point out, Aki, is actually uh, on the verge uh, of collapse or needs at least some restoration work, which is a, a pretty uh, nice piece of symbolism for the club as a whole. Um, but, you know, with, you know, the undoubted quality and Matt Birmingham squad that they do have, um, I, I would not, you know, they need 12 points from their remaining nine to stay up. And, you know, if uh, Wednesday night is a sign of things to come for Birmingham, they'll definitely... Um, Pick them up. Yeah, uh, I do, and uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I do think Birmingham have the. You, we've talked about their players already with Harley Dean, and Yuktivik mm. can score too, uh, as he proved. And I think they just about have enough. And uh, uh, you look at the championship table. Sheffield Wednesday don't seem to be uh, having a huge upturn in form either. And, yeah. Uh, while Wickham are plugging away, they're not. Uh, well, it's not looking likely. I think Rotherham well, are the main team they need to be worried about. But then, then again, Rotherham have one win in five and they have their own issues with COVID and fixture congestion and everything that they need to deal with. Yeah, just a final point on um on Harley Deem and Birmingham. Um, it was a very good uh, beat, bit of a shithousery uh, celebration of, you know, the arms folded them. <laughs> well, this is the thing, Alf. I didn't realise, like, I'm surprised because Karanka seems like, you know, if not the most bubbly guy, at least you can respect him. But the fact that they, the fact that, you know, that this is what they thought of him, it surprised me. Yes, it could surprise someone. But I mean, if, you know, uh, I think, you know, over the last month or so, his, his post-match uh, interviews have been pretty disgraceful, to be honest. I mean, never, never um, accepting the blame on himself. Um, you know, always an apathetic attitude, which is, to be honest, the worst attitude uh, attitude one can have, really, when you're responsible for a club's fortunes. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, at the end of the day, he's got a fairly decent CV. Um, and so it's slightly surprising in that aspect. Um, we, we seem to say this every few weeks, but, I mean, maybe this weekend where Coventry is make or break for Wickham, uh, to be honest. Um, their only other, oh, their only away win of the season so far was at St Andrews. Um, so hopefully yeah. that's a good omen uh, for, the, for this game at St Andrews at the weekend. Looking on at Wednesday, sorry, 
you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Aki, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. I think they might be doomed. Uh, so, uh, because Wickham. Just, well, Wickham, yes, and Sheffield Wednesday too. Oh, Sheffield Wednesday, oh, hang on. Um, oh, who you're referring to. No, it's fine. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're creating nothing. That is not an exaggeration. They are creating nothing. I mean, well, nothing. Well, Alf, they had less shots in Huddersfield, and Huddersfield, I think that's saying something, because Huddersfield aren't exactly the most creative team themselves. So, yeah, yeah. you're right. It, it's a lack of application which could hurt them and hurt them greatly. Yeah, um, I guess it's not out of a want of trying, right? You know, it's a very attacking lineup. Um, that uh, Darren Moore named in midweek, you know, two um, players in uh, Liam Palmer at right wing back and Adam Reach at left wing back, who, you know, they've had their playing days in midfield in the past. Um, you know, only Joey Pelopesi is an even remotely defensively minded midfielder um, in there and, you know, kind of a kind of front four who can kind of, you know, move into whatever positions they please um, with Jordan Rhodes as the focal point. Um, but that Darren Moore needs to create a simplistic formula very soon um, because it's at the stage of the season where time's running out uh, for results. And, um, you know, you, you have all those, you know, permutations in there with the league table every weekend. Um, and, that, yeah, as I say, um, the fixtures aren't really getting any easier for Sheffield Wednesday, nor are they for Wickham. Um, I mean, Coventry, uh, Coventry away is... Wickham's only easy game left this well, quite unquote easy game this left this season apart from Rotherham away. And uh, apart from that their fixture list is very tough indeed. Um so I mean that's probably the, the biggest point of doom for them. And I mean it's a fairly similar case with Chef Wed. Um so yeah, I mean maybe as I say, we do say this every two weeks, but I think it's looking like those bottom two spots have been wrapped up. Yeah. You're, I agree with you completely. I mean, there's not much more, nothing more damning I can add to that. Uh, well, rather than have a chance, Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham aren't showing enough. Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. no wins in their last five. And stupid uh, performances that I really don't think give, yeah. an, give any encouragement. Yeah. Speaking of uh, uh, Swansea, of course, capitulating at Bournemouth. Bournemouth themselves aside, who have their own issues and weren't poor form. Yeah, um, it, it, it just kind of see that you know. It seems to me that you know, um, Bournemouth obviously you know with the immense quality they haven't that squad. They were just like, oh yeah, go on, go on. Then as long as you're playing crap, we'll we'll we'll, we'll um we'll, we'll you know feel like turning up today and you know play get put out an eight out of ten and you know that all see as a free uh, a free to win. Um, yeah, I, I I don't want to go into Swansea too much. Um, I, I do think you know Cooper is a victim of his own success over these last few weeks. Um, it's always frustrating when you see a team not performing at their best. That that is that is that goes without saying, right? But the injury crisis has piled up. Um, it leaves Cooper with few options off the bench, and you know when you know they go a goal down, obviously that's a really you know bad uh, that puts themselves in a really awkward position uh, to get back into games. Um, Maybe there's also an aspect of um, their creativity being stifled as well. Um, they're not creating anywhere near the number of chances that they were in their pomp in January. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, 
with Smith and Grimes, who they're having to play as their midfield double pivot in recent weeks, it doesn't offer the same, you know, uh, oomph going forward that maybe, you know, either one of Smith or Grimes has alongside Howard and maybe Yandanda. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's difficult for Swans, made more so by Watford's uh, upturn in form. And I mean, you know, Watford, if they continue on their current trajectory, um, it, it may be, you know, a very bad omen for, you know, uh, Swansea and Brentford who are trying to chase up down that second spot. Um, but as I say, it, I wouldn't worry too much. They're clearly tired. They're clearly lacking in options in the numerical sense. Um, and yeah, hope, they'll be hoping that, you know, at least they'll be able to put in a decent thing for South Wales Derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A tough game. We'll, we'll preview that later. But so you're saying the slump is to be expected and not to be something to be too surprised at, which given the factors, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, another intriguing game, uh, Brentford throwing away a, comf- a relatively comfortable lead to a Derby County. Yeah, the, 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 uh, it, it goes back to, you know, what we were discussing, uh, I think, three weeks ago now, um, about Brentford's, you know, kind of inexplicably not being able to keep clean sheets. Um Thomas Frank praised Rooney's halftime decision to switch for formation, which you know was unexpected, quote unquote, even though you know I kind of refuse to believe anything is unexpected at Brentford, really. Um but uh you know Derby definitely deserve credit for getting back into the game. The two goals from open play will be just a godsend, you know, to start, you know, getting that disgraceful number um up um this season. Um, you know, Derby starting to get were, I should say, or maybe still are in my the defensive mire. Um, you know, they do need to keep chipping away at those points whilst they can. And, you know, uh, uh, if they're, you know, taking points off, in my opinion, the second best side in the league, um, that serves them in very good stead. But as for Brentford, yeah, it, 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 they'll be so frustrated. Um, a win was, you know, needed for them to, you know, keep the morale high, I guess. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of, you know, Nurgard and, you know, uh, as two players of the midfield three, I felt it was too defensive personally and, you know, a bit too one-dimensional. Um, you know, too much um, focus on Matthias Jensen to provide the creativity going forward. Um, I'm sure, you know, once, excuse me, uh, Josh De Silva is back from his knock, uh, that will start changing again. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I, I'm very frustrating for Brentford. And um, they they can't afford many more of these because uh, you know Watford are beginning to you know pull ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you're right, and it is frustrating. And uh, you know, uh, for props to Derby though, they didn't capitulate uh, in a mental sense. It's easy to say that oh, we're against a team who have genuine quality, who uh, have got ahead. Uh, I think it's time damage limitation, but. Yeah, I appreciate their bravery too to keep going to the very end. No, absolutely, uh, and um, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, I think of we took a, an, an entertaining game, though a game of very little consequence at QPR uh, against Millwall. Uh, good game, and uh, of course Norwich with a very. Uh, Champion-esque performance at uh, Forest. Uh, at Forest. Yeah, that's that's exactly the word, Aki. Champion-esque. Um, it, when when you put the game to bed after thirteen minutes, you know, 
and then don't even give the other team a chance. Don't, yeah. the, the foot doesn't come off the break. And with the fixed condition, you know, that all sides are having at the minute, that all comes an absolute godsend, you know, able to rest players. And I mean, even the players that were rested and their replacements coming in, Kieran Dow, uh, you know, um, uh, stepping up to the plate and um, uh, taking his goal with a lovely finish. Um, yeah. they, they march on, they're going to win the league. Um, the only question I'm left sure. now is that, you know, will they get 100 points? They need six wins from nine. Uh, to get 100 points, which, you know, in their current form looks pretty likely. Um, to beat Reading's record, um, they need to win all nine, um, which is definitely a taller order, um, considering they still have um, they still have Watford to play uh, at Carrow Road, I believe, in one of their final games. Uh, so 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 that that is, that uh, record is one to keep an eye on. But yeah, they marked one, and uh, yeah. But well, if anyone deserves it, Alf, it's this Norwich team and yeah. Daniel Parker, who uh, who basically owns the championship. I mean, winning it once, but to win it twice. I mean, it's, the it's just does. like this is so easy for them in games, or at least it looks so easy for them in games. You know, um, they seem to be in cruise control, just basically no matter who they play. Um, and you know they they never seem to run out of passing patterns on the pitch, and you know that just that leads you know continual sources of creativity if you know a side manages to you know stifle the impacts of uh, Buendia and Camwell. Um, you, you know, and as a, you know, when you've got so much creativity embedded throughout the side, um, you're always going to be able to score goals, and you know. With that, you know, Gibson, Hanley, Axis, and, you know, one of the best keepers in the league in there, you know, it's 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 a recipe for a side that, you know, would get 100 points. Uh, indeed. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the quality and the commitment uh, overall. Uh, I think that's the championship, unless you want to discuss the uh, weekend. Fixture. No, no, no. I, I think, yeah, no, that's more that's a rest. Uh... Yeah, that, that, that's that. So, uh Quick word on League Two, Yeah, quick word on League Two. Um, uh, a big, uh, a big week for the sides at the bottom. Uh, a horrific week for Southend United, even though they didn't play. Um, you know, obviously, surprise of the week is going to be, uh, you know, Barry being lead leaders Cheltenham. Um, Barry three wins on the spin now. Yeah, 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 they are. Um, which is very impressive for them. Um, Port Vale finally getting their just award. Um, you know, no win in a while for them, but you know, they've clearly been improving under Daryl Clark. And you know they got their deserve awards on uh, on Tuesday night. Or absolutely um, deserving the points. Uh, Mansfield and Carlisle playing out a one-all draw. You know, two sides I've been very disappointed with in recent weeks, to be honest. Um, but um, you know, it's it's frustrating to Mansfield that you know they can because if Mansfield are to you know make that late siege into the playoffs, you know the winter start coming ruthlessly and start coming quickly. Um, and then moving back to the weekend, excuse me, um, I think I do need to eat some humble pie about Cambridge United. Um, I mean, I'm still sceptical. I'm still sceptical about finishing the top three. Um, but they're running out of games to lose momentum in and to get found out in, if that makes sense, Aki. Um, you know, there's only uh, 10 games of the season left. And you know, is that enough, that enough time? Uh, for their momentum to dissipate, um, you know, only only time will tell. Um, but you know, the the Mullen and I inside front two um, always seem to, you know, be consistent in games. And you know, the veteran Wes Houlihan, um, well, playing nominally on the right wing, but you know, always cutting in and doing his thing, allowing Callum Noel to get forward, um, is like a really nice you know, diagonal axis. 
um, on the right-hand side of the pitch, which, you know, always allows them to have creativity in games. Um, so, you know, there, there are, you know, very good foundations there for them to continue picking up points. Although, you know, there are well, game, 12 games left and... Um, Forest Green United are right on their coattails yeah. with the... Yeah. It's, uh, as I say, it's, it's pretty remarkable that we, you know, there's only 12 games of the season left, and Cheltenham, who are league leaders, on 62 points, which is a pretty meager total. That you know, ruins us a lot of um, uh, League One uh, last season in the pre-COVID world, uh, when no team was on 50 points at 30 games, which was just mad. Um, uh, so, so yeah, um, uh, well, we'll we'll see how that promotion race goes. But one thing, it's it's very tight, and you know, that's what we want for a for a league win. You know, fairly in it for the entertainment. One. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, great form shown in, in, in League 2. And uh, a very exciting title race uh, on par with League 1, yeah. I'd say, with the, the games in hand, the proximity in points and whatnot. Uh, we'll start with our EFL preview before we move on to the international Just preview. say um, a, a quick uh, word before the preview. I think we do have to mention Dinamo Zagreb last night, knocking out next yeah. time. Uh Again, it, it's a matter of character. It's a very yeah. rollover and, limit, and damage limitation. But, you know, Orisic is, if I'm pronouncing it right, and uh, these the, 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 the players stepping up and really uh, making it difficult for Spurs in defending heroically. That save made by their keeper in stoppage yeah. time from, I think it was Hagrid, Harry Kane, I yeah. think, or Moore or someone. But, yeah, uh, truly extraordinary and... I mean, I, I, much of the you know banter, both the banter, Ari, you know, Dino's manager being in prison, and you know, proper analysis on the game has already been said. But you know, for my two pence, you know, it reminds me a lot of um, Mourinho's final few months at Man United, where yes, okay, um, Mourinho has failed; he's not helping himself, and the project has failed. But there does come a point where the players need to, you know, pattern up as, and take a degree of responsibility because they're not that bad. Yeah, but it's it's a kind of culture you get at Mourinho, yeah, isn't it? That's like a good point. Guys, the, the players, but the players wanted in Mike too that they said that oh, uh, we're tired of this. We we know uh, we can compromise our performances to get what we want. Uh, let's do it. I mean, Mourinho has done after this job, Alf. He's he's, mm. you know, he was. The thing is, we talk about trends in football and tactical trends, and and it's easy to go against the grain. But the zeitgeist and status quo is there for a re- uh, the zeitgeist of the time is there for a reason because it's effective. Yeah. It's part of the reason why we say that Barcelona and Real Madrid are falling behind tactically. And uh, Mourinho was an innovator in 2005. 16 years later, he, he's not going to be uh, uh, unless he adapts with the phases of evolution in European tactics. He's not going to change and he's just not a manager for this time I think you know his time is done no no I, I agree at least. Um, at least without a club football uh, yeah. uh, so yeah our uh, games to look out for tomorrow the early kickoff Brentford host Forest which will be intriguing Forest will give them a good test absolutely um, I mean uh, obviously you know we mentioned the North Wales derby that's you know uh, that's uh, um, oh, yeah, 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 Southwest, see me. Um, it's not Colin Bay, it's possibly not something, <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, yeah, South Wales Derby. Um, 
Cardiff's goals from open play have drastically dried up in recent weeks, which will be a worry for them. Um, so that's why I think Anilna is probably on the cards in that. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Watford against Birmingham City. Um, I, I, do, I just wonder if Birmingham, you know, will be able to shit out a 1-0 win um, or something. I mean, their tails are definitely... Well, that's, just, that, that's the new manager bound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I, I think that, yeah. Boy will be trading in set pieces. Yeah, but likewise, um, you know, Watford have... Um, definitely, you know, turned a corner over recent weeks. I must say, they're they're playing with a lot more flair going forward, and the the formation change to four three three has been obscenely effective. <laughs> um, uh, well, they're scoring more goals. Yeah, I mean, Aki, it might be you know that classic case of the game. I mean, whoever scores first wins. Uh, well, look at this stat from Google: Watford have won six of their last seven league games against Birmingham, winning one nil uh, against. Wait. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought I misread that. Ignore that. But yeah, Watford have a good record against Birmingham, basically. Uh, yeah, they, they they definitely do. Um, I mean, yeah, I seem to remember that in a uh, in the uh, 06, 07 Premier League season, actually, when they had AD Buford. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely a game to look out for, which is you know uh, being locations at both ends of the table. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a big one to look out for, and yeah, a great narrative there. Uh, in terms of other fixtures, uh, Barnsley hosting Sheffield Wednesday, a Yorkshire derby without <laughs> without much of a bite, because I think we know which way that will go. Uh, Norwich hosting Blackburn, but then again, as good as Blackburn are, I don't think they'll cause Norwich many problems. And uh, uh yeah, eyes on Wotherham, of course, for their trip to Bristol to see if they can make up their games in, in a productive way. Uh, moving on to League One. Uh, Pompey v Ipswich tomorrow at a strange 1pm kickoff. But yeah. That, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely the game of the weekend in League One. Um, that, is that, is that yes, uh, I believe it will be. Um, and, I mean, you know, the, the, the Paul Cook-Danny Cowley narrative would be enough fun in itself. But, you know, added into that, you know, two teams who, who need a, an upturn in form, added into that two of the biggest clubs in League One, um, it makes a really, really great recipe. Um, I mean, to be honest, um, I've I've got my eyes, excuse me, Aki, on uh, yellows against Blackpool, really. Um, you know, two sides with, you know, distant aspirations of playoffs. Um, to be honest, I mean, you know, Blackpool's position at face value on the table doesn't suggest that. But if you do look deeper, um, you see a side with a very, very solid defence, you know, are picking up wins fairly regularly. And, you know, you never know, might sneak in there. Um, so it's, you know, kind of a, a deciding game uh, for whichever side can, you know, make that push into the playoffs. And then, of course, you know, two sides in the playoffs meeting each other, Sunderland against Lincoln. Um, Sunderland very much in 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 swinging form at the minute. Lincoln the opposite, um, but you know it will be Sunderland's biggest for a while. And um, you know maybe look, it might be the game where you know one of Shrieky Lee Johnson's streaks ends. Yeah, uh, it'll be yeah. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. And uh, Lincoln will be, to say the least. Uh, hopefully, that three loss Gillian won't affect their confidence because they need plenty of that to go to a place like Sunderland. And, uh, yeah, Charlie White will be uh, baying for blood, as he seems to be every week. Uh, of course, Charlton travelling to uh, uh, Wimbledon. But eyes on Northampton Town and Crewe, because it'll be a tough test for, well, uh, you know, Crewe not too far above South Northampton, but a tough test on their day. And 
being in the relegation zone, they need those points. No, yeah, absolutely right. Um, on to... Especially when Wigan are travelling to Accrington, where they're probably expecting... Expect yeah, to no, be. absolutely. Although Accrington are another side who've had a slight tear-off in form uh, recently. There. But again, you know, one can't really blame You know, that's just maybe um, averages averaging himself out, if that makes sense. Um, on Lee 2, it is an absolutely barnstorming uh, weekend in Lee 2. Um, three games with massive implications at the top of the table. Tranmere versus Exeter, Cheltenham against Salford and Cambridge against FGR. Um, you know, um, FGR, you know, uh, uh, you know, the bookies' favourites to beat Cambridge and I probably agree. Um, you know, sides that seem to thrive against playing the teams around them in the league. Um, and, you know, you know, a side with, you know, as I say, question marks over them like Cambridge, they'll fancy it. Salford need to, you know, Salford and Cheltenham are two sides who both need to reignite their form uh, for their automatic promotion aspirations. Okay, yes, Cheltenham are still top of the league, um, but they've looked very wobbly in their last few games. Um, and then Tranmere against Exeter as well, you know, Exeter still trying to, you know, uh, keep those playoff aspirations, you know, on course. Um, against the Tranmere side, who have been the best team in the league over the last few weeks, and were pretty unlucky actually not to at least take some into extra time in the Peaks Cup final. Um, to look forward Indeed. to that as well. Yeah, so yeah, good analysis, Darren. Yeah, uh, I'll keep an eye on those. That sounds like a very intriguing race. Uh, so, international squads, help a quick word on those. Yeah, there's. Well, we'll start with the overarching issue. Um, or the overarching, you know, factor to all of these squad selections. Uh, we're recording this on Friday the 19th of March. It might change. If it does change, do not blame the Kingsway kickabout. This is the current situation. Yeah. We don't have inside information. <laughs> um, so, uh, the German Bundesliga, because of, you know, Germany's rules, they've placed a ban, a current ban on all travel, uh, well, effective, an effective ban on all travel uh, to the UK. Um, so that has implications on the games being hosted in the UK in this international break in all of Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales and England. Um, Wales against the Czech Republic, uh, Scotland at home to Austria and England at home to Poland. They're trying to resolve the issue, but at current, um, Robert Lewandowski would not be allowed to travel with Poland to the England game, which would be an absolutely massive blow for them. Uh, Patrick Schick and Vladimir Derrida, as well as uh, Yizhi Plavenka in goal, wouldn't be able to travel with the Czech Republic to Wales. Um, and I think there's also some complications for the game of Belgium as well. Um, and uh, the, the Scotland versus Austria game is the clearest manifestation of this. I mean, 16 of the 23 players in Austria's last squad have been there, squad playing the Bundesliga, so they're effectively having to call up a domestic team. as a one-off for the game. I mean, their squad list on Twitter was 43 players, uh, which is just mad. Um, I believe they, you know, they'll call up a special squad for that game and then, you know, have a completely different 23 than normal 23 for home games against the Faroe Islands and Denmark. Um, but it's it's a massive opportunity for Scotland um, to, you know, get ahead in the group. And um, I'm sure they know that. Um, my, my only question of this, and I've tried this on my research, but um, uh, there are two games this international break. Well, currently two games in this European international break, which are being played on neutral venues, essentially. Uh, Portugal against Azerbaijan will be played in Turin, the event stadium, and uh, Norway versus Turkey will be played at uh, La in Malaga. Um, it's not too much of a bother for Norway, and I mean, the venue's been selected deliberately because Malaga's only an hour away, an hour drive away from their game before in Gibraltar. 
Um, but given those games are being played at neutral venues, it does beg the question as to why, um, you know, the, these, you know, uh, these banana skins involving UK teams aren't being played at neutral venues as well. Um, so it's just a bit of a mess. And added into that as well, we've got specific clubs who are refusing to release players for international duty. So Inter, of, uh, Inter of, you know, the clearest example of that, meaning no Romelu Lukaku against Wales. Um, so that's another opportunity where Wales will smell blood. Obviously, you know, Wales have already... Well, it's sad off because it's already tainting yeah. this World Cup yeah. because... Uh... If if, if play, play, I mean, if 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 it's being uh, affected straight from qualification, this will have ramifications. Yeah, no, Aki, you're right, and it'll be. Um, I, I'm sure come the World Cup, it will be a bit of a throwback to um, you know, pre 1990s, really. Where yeah, cope. Yeah, exactly. But also, you know, I mean, there, there are numerous stories of you know all these you know kind of weird qualification and you know essentially essentially you know teams qualifying for World Cups based on luck. Right, so Wales for the '58 is an example of that. Israel for the 1970 World Cup, another right. Um, and you know it'll be, they'll, they'll, I'm sure, will be some of those stories. Um, but but yeah, no, I mean, uh, I, I was very happy uh, with the latest England squad. Um, we'll see if Jude Bellingham is allowed to be in it. Um, but you know, I think that uh, recalls, well, the first call-ups, excuse me, for Ollie Watkins and Sam Johnson are very deserved. Um, Gareth Southgate, as he always does, spoke brilliantly on every issue, both with squad and wider issues in his press. And um, what we'll do on next Friday's kickabout is um, not only review the weekend action from across the EFL and the FA Cup. Yes, FA Cup weekend, Aki, get in. Well, yeah, FA Cup, FA Cup week. week indeed, um, but also the first uh, match day of internationals, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do that uh... So, yeah, we've had our world circumstances. We'll have a proper look at squads as well next week. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it for this this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye from Thank me. Thank you. Bye-bye. And, uh, yep, yeah, see you next week.